Welcome to Scary Savannah and Beyond. This is going to be episode number 43. I knew that because I saw the number on the script. And you wrote it. I did. You wrote it. This episode is just one episode shy of how old I currently am. Yeah, it's in between us. So I think next episode is going to be an even bigger deal when the podcast reaches me in age, in dog years. And maybe you could write it. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be be great. great. You know, I'd probably write something crazy. I do tend to write some crazy stuff. You do. So you can find us online at scarysavannahandbeyond.com. You can find us on all social media platforms looking for the username at Scary Savannah. We also have a YouTube channel. Don't forget to go check us out there. All of our episodes are video episodes, and you can see how beautiful Crystal looks tonight <laughs> and how much I look like I should probably be in a meth lab. And how cool your shirt is tonight. It's a really cool shirt. Yeah. So check that out. Look for Scary Savannah on YouTube. All you got to do is search for it. It'll pop right up. We'd like to mention our Patreon page. We have a bunch of exclusive episodes and stuff that comes out at least one episode a week, sometimes a little more. We're adding to that all the time. You can find that at patreon.com forward slash scary savannah. Or you can go to our website, click on the button on the top that says Patreon, and find the really large yellow button that says join us. Very user friendly. It's so easy that even a grandma can do it. They can. And we have living proof. (laughs) We do. It happened. It did. It did happen. We'd like to mention our merchandise giveaway. We give away merchandise each month. Stick around to the end of the episode and we'll tell you how to enter for that and have a opportunity to win a shirt or a coffee mug like the one we got sitting down right there. And one other thing I'd like to say is to leave us a five-star review. If you do, we'll talk about it on air. And not just that, we'll also send you free stickers. I see you added that to the I did. If you leave us a five-star review and would like free stickers, just go to our webpage, look for the contact form, and email us and say, I left your review. Let us know where you left that at, and uh, we'll get your information, and we'll mail you a couple of cool, scary Savannah Beyond stickers, right? So you'll have your people do that? I have people that make things happen. Mm-hmm. I am not those Convenient. people. But I know people. Mm-hmm. I have connections. I know. Very close connections. <laughs> also, my dear, lovely co-host, need some coffee. So please go to our website and click on the little yellow coffee cup icon on the bottom left and donate to her coffee fund in denominations of one to up to 64,000 coffees, just whatever makes you feel right. And it helps support the podcasts and also keeps her caffeinated, which is very advantageous to me because then she can write all the scripts. It is important. And it's good for you as a listener and viewer as well. Trust me. My mom says is. that I drink way too much caffeine. Which is true. It is. Like I start the morning with bulletproof coffee, which is coffee, a tablespoon of butter, and a tablespoon of MCT oil. When I make it, it's more than a tablespoon of MCT oh, oil. Wow. I just sort of squeeze it in there. Mm. I'm like, that's about a tablespoon. You know? And then I have, uh, when I finish that, I'll have a Red Bull. And then I have iced coffee. And then I'll have probably another Red Bull. No wonder your heart rate's 200 over one or whatever. That's blood pressure. That's yeah, not right. Them too. No, I think I'd be dead. I'm definitely not a medical professional. No. We can say that for sure. So, Chris, Point is, I need more coffee. Yeah. So help us out. Hook her up. So, Crystal, how have you been this week? I've been really good. I've gotten a lot of projects done around the house. Not just you. I was involved in these projects as well. Oh, you did help me do some things. I did. I did several things. You helped me rehang that picture that's been sitting on the floor since July. And that's more impressive than it sounds. It is. Because this is not like one of those normal everyday kind of pictures. This is one of those as tall as I am, weighs about 15, 20, 30, 500 pounds. It's heavy. Yeah, we had to put up a special board on the wall Mm -hmm. just for it to hang from because it ripped off the wall. Yeah. Because the walls got issues mm-hmm. in uh, from hurricane damage, which is what happens on the coast every once in a while. We've also been getting in a lot of board gaming, which we're going to do after we record this episode, too. Yeah, I got to beat her again. She just don't get enough of the defeats. Okay, you've won a couple times. I'll give I've you won that. like two out of 12. Yeah. I think it's been about right. two out of 12. But there's always hope. And I'm a gambling man. And being that I'm a gambling man, 
we're going to Vegas soon. We just realized it. Like we booked this trip back in January because we had free nights from Caesars. Yeah. I threw so much money at them last time <laughs> that they gave us a couple free nights. So we're going to be going to Vegas in September. Yeah. I'm so excited. We're going to do another Vegas episode. We don't yeah, know what about, to. but we're definitely going to. There's a lot. We'll probably capture a little bit more footage or something mm-hmm. when we're there than we did last time. And we're very excited about that trip. Yeah. This week, we decided to talk about creepy pasta. This is not the kind of pasta that you like that Delicious. I make with the Frank's Red Hot Sauce and the cream cheese. It's one of my favorite dishes. And it's not the kind that gives you nightmares, but I guess they both could. It could. Yeah. Depends on when you eat it. We've talked briefly about creepypasta in our Slenderman episode way back. That was episode 16. Back in the golden days. So if you want to hear more about Slenderman and the true crime story associated with it, check out episode 16. Fun fact about episode 16, I believe it was the longest episode we've ever produced. It was nearly two hours. Yeah, it was long. There was a lot to that. There was a lot of stuff going on. It's a very good story. Creepypastas are basically horror-related legends that you'll find all over the internet. Anyone can submit them, and they're typically short stories with varied subject matters, such as ghosts, haunted TV shows, video games, murder, suicide, zombies, etc., all designed to frighten readers. I've never heard of Creepypasta until recently, but while researching this, I was surprised at the sheer volume of content. It's a real rabbit hole and I had a lot of fun researching the stories. It really does sort of draw you in. Yeah, you like I just can't it, wait it? to read more, honestly. Because it's almost like watching a TV show, but we both enjoy reading. Mm-hmm. And you see these rather creative people mm-hmm. come up with some interesting stories. Yeah, it's really fun. We found so many interesting stories that we'll probably do a second episode at some point, maybe even a third. I don't know. We had Because so everything's many. a trilogy these days. Yeah. And we might even do a prequel episode. True. You were more familiar with creepypastas than I was, and you chose some that you're interested in, so I'm going to let you tell us about the first one. Okay. I would love to do that. The first creepypasta we're going to cover is a relatively recent one, mm-hmm. and I wanted to add it to the list because I think it's ridiculous, but cool at the same time. And this one is not necessarily maybe considered a creepypasta, but a lot of people will lump it into that category. And we've included this particular one because if this thing actually was real, it would be one of the scariest things that you could probably see out in the wild. And that creature would be the monster known as Siren Head, Mm -hmm. which could also be like a death metal band. It could be. I'll put up a picture of it right now. It reminds me of those things in Star Wars. Roger, Roger. Yeah. The droids. Mm -hmm. Except that it's 40 feet tall, so it's by far one of the biggest creatures we've probably covered on any Mm. episode to this point. That is tall. It appears to be tall and skeletal with mummified flesh resembling rust clinging to its body. It has disproportionately long, thin arms that are nearly as long as its body. The prominent feature, however are the two sirens that sit atop its neck and serve as its head. But why? Because that's terrifying. (laughs) It's a fever dream of evil. Does it have, like, a face? Well, it has, like, some depictions of it. Like, mouths in the sirens. Oh, okay. So it could eat you? Yeah, of course. Okay. I mean, why wouldn't it? Cool. It mostly resides in wooded areas, although it has been known to visit rural areas. Mm. The first, so it could just walk down the street on it Tybee. Does. It could, probably is. <laughs> that would be cool. Yeah, there are a lot of YouTube videos of this thing. I know you showed me a few, and yeah. it was ridiculous. The first supposed sightings of this monster happened in 1966, when a family on vacation in the Arizona desert captured an image of Siren Head. So these people had a camera. They had a camera. In 1966. And we have a poor excuse. What an impressive picture it is, too. I'm showing it right now. It almost looks like there's no way this could have happened in 1966. And maybe this picture isn't even a real picture. I'm thinking. But that can't be the case. Of course, you're strongly encouraged to believe that this beast has been around since the dawn of humanity because it appears in cave paintings. Really? So they say. Mm. Can I see these cave paintings? No. No. Don't ask stupid questions. (laughs) How many times I got to tell you, don't ask questions. Sorry. 
There are, as I said earlier, several YouTube videos Mm -hmm. of purported sightings of Siren Head, and they're all as hilarious as you would think they would be. I encourage you to go check them out. I'm going to play my favorite one for you right now. It would be crazy if this thing were real, but alas, it was created by a Canadian artist known as Trevor Henderson. But just because he made it up doesn't mean that maybe he might not have spoken it into existence. So how did it appear in the K paintings? Because that's part of the creepypasta. Mm. So they just lie. They just lied to you, Crystal. Uh, they told you stories. They made things up and you bit it hook, like, and, uh, and sinker after seeing these YouTube videos. You was like, this thing ain't no way. This thing ain't real. I know. It's just, I want to believe this so hard. This is quality. Quality footage. I know. I know weirder things have happened than maybe speaking something into existence from nothing. Because, I mean, watch Stranger Things, for example. <laughs> it's like, an, it's an entirely somewhat historical recounting of similar events from the 1980s. There's nothing real at all about Stranger Things, bro. Okay, well then explain to me this. How do you have a pet demigorgon? Coffee's not a demigorgon. I mean, I beg to differ. Just look at that killer face. She does like to bite first thing in the morning, so maybe. That is very, very true. Okay, Crystal, what's our next creepypasta? Uh, This one is crazy. It's called Smile Dog. Uh, you had to throw a dog in, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I did. So, you see the picture. It's really freaky. Ooh. In 1992, when the internet was just a wee babe, a mysterious image began circulating. Don't it always? It does. Mysterious. Often arriving in user email inboxes, it looked innocuous enough. The subject line would read, smile, God loves you. And so, inc- you know every single middle-aged white lady's clicking open that Oh, email. for sure. And this included an attachment named smile.jpg. These days, I think people are more hesitant to open every email because A, mostly it's junk mail, and B, we all know everything is a scam. Everything. But back then, people were excited at this new electronic mail thing. Yeah, we didn't even call it email. They said, I got an electronic mail. And they readily opened this friendly seeming letter. I mean, it said smile. I know. God loves you. talking about God, so yeah. The accompanying attachment was a photo of the face of what appeared to be a Siberian husky with the mouth of a human spread into a wide smile. In the dark background on one side was what appeared to be a red hand outstretched toward the viewer, almost as if it were beckoning them according to those that saw it. Besides arriving in inboxes, the photo made the rounds on forums and chat rooms, whatever it was they had back then. Probably 4chan. And was seen by an untold number of unfortunate people. Those that opened the files soon came to regret that decision. Their lives began to fall apart. They developed anxiety, depression, hallucinations, epilepsy, and night terrors. It became like one of those infamous chain letters we're all familiar with. I don't know if the younger people are familiar with chain letters. Well, back in the day, you had to, if you got a chain letter, you had to write it out and send it to like 10 people. Was that it? Because, you know. Did you ever get a chain letter? Probably in like fourth grade or something. I probably I didn't. nobody liked me. I, I probably did not like send that. it on. But if you didn't send it on, you'd be cursed. They said you didn't send it on, and then you married me. I probably didn't send any. Sorry. Turns out I am the curse. The only way to rid yourself of this curse was to pass it on to another unwitting victim. One woman named Mary was so distraught over her encounter with the smile dog that she ended up taking her own life. Hmm. She was exposed to the photo while at work, and a few days later, a floppy disk... Can you remember those? Well, there are several different ones. Are we talking about the three and a half ones? We're talking about the five and a quarter I think it was the five and the quarter. Okay. The bigger one? Yeah, the big one. That Mm -hmm. looks like the save image on all the browsers nowadays if the kids don't know what that is. So she received this, and it contained the image of the smiling dog. So it arrived at her home, and she had no idea who sent it. Soon after this, she developed anxiety and suffered from night terrors on a nightly basis. She said she would be in bed, unable to move, and all she could see was the smiling dog at the foot of her bed, telling her over and over again to, quote, spread the word. Well, I mean, you got a smiling dog sitting at the foot of the bed, and he's got a human smile, and, uh, you know, you're having night terrors. You're like, okay, I'll spread the word. <laughs> she, she didn't. Oh, uh, well, see, <laughs> this is the problem. They don't listen to the smiling dog. 
She was convinced that this was indeed a curse, and the only way to rid herself of it was to send the image to someone else, thus ruining their life. Well, you can't argue with that logic. She battled in her mind over this decision and ultimately couldn't bring herself to do it, deciding instead to end her own life. Her husband burned the copy of the picture that was on the floppy disk, and he said that as it burned, it gave off a snake-like hiss. It's said that the image continues to circulate the web today, spreading the curse to more and more unwitting victims. I did not search for it because I'm not taking any chances. I have enough trouble sleeping as it is well, without a creepy dog standing at the foot of my bed. You already have a creepy dog I know. standing at the foot of your bed. And I don't need another far one. far more dangerous than this I dog. I don't need I another one. You. I read that there's no Wikipedia page available for Smile Dog or Smile.jpg. And I did look into that, and I couldn't find anything on Wikipedia about it. And you know, Wikipedia has everything. Oh, it's got everything. They say every time someone tries to submit anything for publication regarding this, the editors immediately delete it. Sounds like a big government at work here. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure if this is true or not, but if you receive an email with the subject, Smile, God Loves You, I recommend you just hit delete. You know what I hope? I <laughs> hope we get a bunch of emails in our inbox with that as the title. That way I know people are listening and they're just trying to share the love, you know? Well, funny thing is I have like 20,000 emails. You've got far more and than I that. don't. If I pull your phone up right now, it'd be 150,000 or nothing. And I don't delete any of them. I know because you don't open them. You don't I delete don't. them. You don't even know what triaging email means. Oh, no. I, mean, I hate you look email. look at my inbox. I've got maybe 20 emails I mean, at a time. You stay on top of it. I, I always do. I am so far in it. Like, I can't get out of it. Like, I can't you know? escape it. I might as well just do like all the old people do and start a new email account and just give up on the old one. Really? Except that I've had that one since like 1996 and I can't get rid of it because yeah. that's what I've used. You can't let it go. I can't. Can't move on. Mm -mm. Maybe you need a support group. I do. Someone help me with my emails. They're drowning in emails. I am. It's like I hate looking at the email app on my phone because it's like it, that number overwhelms me. Yeah. So that's going to bring us to the next creepy pasta and this is by far one of the most popular of all the creepy pasta probably ranking second only to slender man hmm, i've thinking. never heard of it and that would be the rake the rake started as a collaboration online and seems to be traced back to when a user posted on a 4chan board around 2005 asking people to submit info so they could make a new monster what's 4chan it's like a internet bulletin board uh, for deviants. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, I mean, it's like, that would be why I well, don't know about it. Well, so Reddit's the same thing. It's like you, you can have useful information on Reddit. And you can also have these really dark corners of places where people go to say. It's like do. the dark web. Not really, but it might as well be. The monster is described as humanoid and like most cryptids and monsters. It's quite tall, clocking in at around six feet when it stands. However, this creature is usually said to be seen on all fours and prefers to travel that way, like a maniacal dog. Mm, I like it. There are various descriptions of the creature's appearance. Some say that it has no nose or mouth. That's terrifying. Other, well, it gets worse, I think. Okay. I think that would almost be less scary. Than what other people say, saying it has a hinged jaw with many mm. tiny dull teeth. I hate a hinged jaw. I know it's the worst. It's so. I'm so glad our dogs don't have hinged jaws, I know. at least like detachable hinged jaws, because I think they would literally eat us if they could. They would. The rake has long, sharp hands and spindly arms. Some say it has three green eyes. Others say it only has two eyes. How do you make that mistake? Well, maybe there's more than one. Oh, okay. Or maybe they so were like drinking. A, a, a mutant one. Or maybe we've already seen how unreliable eyewitness Witness testimony can mm, be. I've true. learned that from you and that's from fact. the multiple crime shows you're watching all that's the time. However, speaking of its eyes, it's considered one of its most powerful features. One legend says the rake has glowing white, almost orb-looking eyes, and yet others say its eyes are black and empty. So there are some discrepancies mm. here on eyewitness encounters. Both sound completely bonkers to me. Yeah. The fictitious origin story of the rake goes as follows. Early sightings of this monster trace back to 2003. 
These accounts were primarily in the Northeast USA, particularly in New York. This caused a media blackout on the subject, you know, so to keep people from freaking out about a crazed monster slaying the population, Mm -hmm. as you do. Mm -hmm. Due to the blackout, no further information on the monster was found until 2006, when surviving victims of the creature began to work together to try to figure out what this thing was. So a made-up thing. A made-up thing was killing people. Was killing people. And people survived it and they're coming together. They're working together Mm. as a team to overthrow the evil. Okay. Supposedly, they were able to unearth nearly two dozen documents that dated back for hundreds of years. Mm. All of them describing very closely the experiences that these survivors had suffered from the rake. The documents uncovered included a suicide note from 1964, a journal entry translated from Spanish from 1880, and a mariner's log from 1691. The text from the Spanish journal entry talks about the creature's eyes, which is one of its most terrifying features. And it says, I see his eyes when I close mine. They are hollow, black. They saw me and pierced me. His wet hand. I will not sleep. How did they know that he's talking about the rake, though? There's more than just that in okay. his accounting. Okay. Alleged. Because it could have been anybody. I mean, it just could have been anybody. Yeah. Could have been the first mate. Uh, exactly. Know, could have been the cabin boy. Yeah. Could have been Greg. You know, it could have been anybody. Could have been a lot lizard. What is- <laughs> We've been watching too much. It's always sunny in Philadelphia, I guess. Yeah, we have. Alleged accounts of eyewitness testimonies date back to the 12th century, actually. The excerpt from the supposed mariner's log says, He came to me in my sleep. From the foot of my bed, he took everything. We must return to England. We shall not return here again at the request of the rake. So he doesn't want him here. No, it doesn't sound like it. If you are unfortunate enough to encounter the rake and make eye contact with it and survive the encounter, of course, then it's said that you are marked. Mm. You will experience a recurring nightmare where the monster will be sitting at the foot of your bed, which seems to be an ongoing theme here, where you will see that it is silently staring at you. This, of course, chips away at your sanity until you are weak enough for the rake to attack and kill you. The above, what if I just ask him to get me a Happy Meal? Turn off the lights on the way out, Satan! <laughs> exactly. Conveniently, due to the supposed media blackout in 2003, almost all documented sightings of the creature were lost. Oh, so it went the way of those... Uh experiments that we've talked about before when all the yes. documents got 200,000 documents got, got mislocated. <laughs> yeah. Once again, I think cell phones would fix this issue these days. Always. Documented. Like, it's on Instagram. On. It's on the TikTok. Yeah, if I don't see him on TikTok, he ain't real. It's on the book. Mm-hmm. The worst part about the rake is that if you encounter it and survive, you are likely to end up in an asylum or perish by your own hand. Mm. This monster is so famous that there's even a 2018 horror film about it called, funny enough, Hmm. The Rake. Oh, wow. Wow, they really thought outside the box, didn't they? This is really experimental filmmaking is what it is, you know. So that's going to take us to the next creepypasta. Yeah, this was interesting. We all remember when Pokemon became popular. Before becoming a global phenomenon appealing to children and adults alike, it spawned its own horror story. I have not heard this before, which is odd because I love video games, so I can't wait to hear this story. In 1996, Pokemon Red was a Game Boy game released in Japan. One of the levels you could reach was Lavender Town. Lavender Town was a creepy area featuring a graveyard with hundreds of dead Pokemon, and their ghosts haunted the area. That's way darker than I thought Pokemon was. Yeah. Hmm. However, it was the music that played while exploring the level that is the centerpiece of this tale. Now, I just want to go listen to it. I imagine if I do, I'll be cursed, right? Yes, you should listen to it. We're going to play a sample of it in a second. Okay. The music is said to have some parts with frequencies that only children can hear. We know this is true because we've done that little experiment with our kids, with us, and your parents in the room, and the kids could hear all the sounds 
we could hear some of the sounds till it got to a certain frequency and your parents like dropped off before us. So it was like every 10 years or so. I was surprised. I didn't think that was a real thing. Yeah, it is real. And they could hear it. Except we did that experiment years ago. I imagine if we did it again, I probably would hardly hear anything. Yeah, you probably would only hear like the the one lowest frequency is probably all you could hear. I barely hear anything because (laughs) of all the music I played over the years. I'm practically deaf. So we're going to play you a little sample of the music now. Are you dooming us all by having you might want to skip ahead 10 seconds if you don't want to hear it? Well, let's see what happens. So yeah, I've never been a fan of video game music, as you know, and this is no exception. I just don't like it. This one makes me really sad. And I know you like video game music. So what did you think of this one? I found it somber yet insightful and reflective and also very 8-bit. Mm, I think it was 16-bit. I don't know. It was a handheld game. <laughs> no so kidding. Probably 8-bit. <laughs> Rumors claim that after listening to this music, children ages 7 to 12 became ill suffering from nausea and headaches. Some children developed violent outbursts. 200 children committed suicide. Because of that song. Because of the song. The game's music was changed in subsequent versions and the ill effects seemed to stop. However, the creepypasta story that children were negatively affected by the game continues to permeate society today, with many believing it's true. So it didn't really happen, but people believe that it did. And that's almost as good as it really happening mm-hmm. in the public conscious, right? Right. And that's why we're covering creepy pastas because most all of these are fictional stories. It is, but, but like I'll go on and look at it and I'm reading comments and people are like, is this really true? They really don't know. Like they think that it is because it sounds so convincing. I think one of the original creepy pastas <laughs> was actually the Blair Witch Project. Mm. Which, when it initially came out... People thought it was real. People thought it was real. They played it as real. Like, they acted like these were not actors. like found footage. Like, it was a real found footage. They tried to hide the details that the Mm. actors were actually just actors and that these were real people that vanished. I remember when it very first came out, I was like, I wonder if this is real. Mm -hmm. And if they can fool me, (laughs) they can fool anybody. In 2010, the music was put into a spectrogram that visualized the frequencies of music And what appeared on the graph were Pokemon characters that spelled out the words, leave now. Although this is likely fake, it helps to keep the urban legend alive. I see no reason to not believe it, but I do have the ability to look at waveforms. So maybe I should load that up and I may be dead by the time this episode (laughs) releases. You should and let us know what happens. As I will if I survive the encounter. (laughs) One thing that really did happen with Pokemon... After the fact, I think it was uh, 1997, they aired an episode in Japan and it had like the flashing lights that can cause epilepsy. Um, epilepsy and several hundred people were that hospitalized. It would, would trigger epilepsy, not cause it. Yeah, it triggered it. and But it was in people that hadn't had any kind of effects on it before. So they've never aired the episode again. I think that's what they said. Which sort of lends to the belief. Yeah, that maybe it keeps this going. First. Yeah, it just keeps this going. Well, since we're talking about video games, I guess we'll stick with that area of story and come to the next one, which is about a story called Ben Drowned. Mm-hmm. This story involves a particular game, The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. I know the kids loved this game. They, it's probably their favorite mm-hmm. until the newest game came out. I think it was their favorite. Might still be their favorite. I remember the original Legend of Zelda that came out on the Nintendo, the original Nintendo, and it was gold. And I yeah. thought that was so cool. It was quite fancy. Because that was just so cool. But I, I think I may have had it, but I never played it. And I always thought that Zelda was Link. Like, I didn't realize Zelda was a girl. Or a girl's name because I never heard the name. Yeah. So I've literally, but you know better now. I've literally never played any Zelda game, and the kids and you love them, and they're like super fun. The music for it is quite amazing, though. Especially they've done symphonic versions yeah. of it now, and it's uh, I'll listen to video game music and stuff, and uh, and I usually hate video game music. Like when I was a kid, I'd put on headphones. And listen to my music and turn the video game music off completely because I hated yeah. it. 
but I do like The Legend of Zelda music. I don't know why they haven't made a live action like Amazon or Hulu TV show about The Legend of Zelda. Mm. It's like it could be the Game of Thrones, but for a more appropriate generation. It would be perfect. Nintendo should get on that. that. They are making a Mario movie. I hope it's It's better than the first one. Chris Pratt's going to be Mario. Oh, yeah. You told me that. Yeah, and Jack Black's going to be Bowser. Oh, that'll be interesting. So it should be interesting, I would think. The original Nintendo game that Crystal was referencing uh, came out in the 80s, and it had probably one of the stupidest commercials of all time. I'm going to play a little snippet of it for you right now. Zelda! Legend of Zelda, a never-ending adventure new for your Nintendo Entertainment System. Zelda! I didn't remember that. It was messed up. It was it was very stupid. But at the time, everybody wanted it. Everybody wanted the game. Everybody but me. <laughs> I had it. I played it. I'm pretty sure it. I had it. Then I got Zelda 2, which the only good thing about that game was the cartridge was also gold. Oh, really? It wasn't good? It was not anything like the original Legend of Zelda. Okay. But... The creepiest of all these games that we've discussed, and there have been multiple entries into the Zelda lineup of games, is the game Majora's Mask. And I remember seeing our kids play this game because Crystal said they were very big fans of it. And it has this horrifying moon that by itself is enough to give most people nightmares. I'll throw up a picture of that thing right now. Maybe we should have paid more attention to what they were doing when they were little. (laughs) This story is from a web serial created by Alexander D. Jadusable Hall. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. If I'm not, I'm sorry. The story goes that Jadusable is a college student. In September of 2010, he's scavenging the neighborhood yard sales in search for deals on old video game cartridges and accessories from people who may not be aware of what they have. And I can say that that much of this story really probably is true. Because if he found any uh, of those sports games, what was that original game that they had from Nintendo that was worth so much money? It was, the I think, the limited edition uh, game that came out for use with one of their accessories, I believe. Some kind of sports game. Yeah, it was like a combo sports game. And nobody ever played it. No. And so it was always still... It was trash. Yeah, so it was always still in the wrapper. And if you had it, it was worth a fortune. I remember uh, that one time when I was younger, talking about being able to get some good finds at a yard sale, I found a PS1 at a yard sale and it didn't work. And they sold it to me for $5. So I brought it home and figured out that the laser inside the unit itself was bad. So I went on and bought just a replacement laser and I actually repaired this thing myself and it worked just as good as new. I remember that. It's one of the few things I've ever successfully repaired and not destroyed just by touching it. True. Because it was already pretty much broke. So I think that's how it worked out. I got to have it just broke all the way down before I touch it. I think the best deal I ever got at a yard sale was I got um, a total gym for 20 bucks. Yeah. What happened to that? We have one in your office right now. Yeah, that's that's more myth than, than truth. <laughs> we don't, don't actually use it. it. We don't use it, but it's there when I finally get around to working out. You don't need workout, baby. You look good as he is. Well, I'll get older, though. At some point, I have nah, to you won't. keep tone. You'll stay this age forever. But back <laughs> to the story. He is successful in finding a great deal on several games for the cheap. He gets a handful of recognizable titles, and he only has to pay $2 wow. for them. So then he's heading home with his finds. But on his way, a house catches his eye. And there's one table out in front of the house for a yard sale. Of course, there's a creepy old man with one good eye. Mm. Always. And as you do in these situations. And when he goes up to him, he asks I'm pretty sure that's the same guy that sold me the total gym, though. It was an old guy with one eye. Like uh, one good eye. Well, when I finish the story, tell me if the rest of it corresponds with your experience. Okay, I see if my total gem was uh, cursed and cursed. haunted. Jed Usable asks if he has any old video games. And the old man says, hold on, let me go in the garage. I think I may have something for you. On the table in front of him while the man is away, he notices that there are an odd collection of paintings and pictures and various things. 
And one of the ones at the end sort of resembles like an ink blot version of Majora's Mask. The old man returns with one N64 cartridge, and on the cartridge, in magic marker, is marked Majora's Mask. Now, I remember the old days, sometimes kids would tear the stickers Straight off the cartridge. Sticker I hated off. that. Oh, I know. But, you know, this is the guy's thinking. He's freaked out by this guy. And he's sort of freaked out by the cartridge, but he's like, maybe this is like a bootleg copy. Maybe this is a, a pirated copy, bootleg. Maybe it's a promo copy. Could be something special. So he sort of brushes that off and he's really excited about it. And then the guy says, here, you can have it for free. Uh-oh. And he said that it used to belong to a kid who had lived there before, but now he no longer did. Mm. Of course, he says this in the most ominous way possible. When he gets home and tries to boot up this game, there's one save file on the game, because a lot of these games had batteries and they would give you save files, and that file is titled Ben. So, Chad Usable created his own save file and named it Link, because that's what everybody that plays Zelda does. You have Uh, at least one save file and you name it Link. Okay. Your save file... Not only saves the data, but that is what all the characters in the game will refer to you as. So whatever oh. name you give that, if I named it Brett in the game, the characters talk to you and call you Brett. Okay. Which was not accurate, so I never called the character me. I always named the character Link oh, so okay. that the game made sense and it was right. Okay. Except for that time I named him Stanky Dump Truck. Okay. And then everybody had to say, hey, to Stanky Dump Truck. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you do that too as a, a child. You did that when we were young adults. I did. Well, that was the first time I did it. That was a, I had a player in the Madden football yeah, game. Yeah, you had a football Stinky player. Dumpter. I remember. Maxed out all the stats. He was six foot seven, five hundred pounds. He was oh, the yeah. fastest player I in the game. Him. He was he was a legend in his own time. He was, and I wanted his jersey, mm-hmm. but alas, his career was cut short by the fact that uh, I just stopped playing that game. Yeah, you stopped playing. So he starts to play this uh, new file where the Characters in the game should interact with him and call him Link because that's how that game works. And this game has NPCs. And if you don't know what that means, that's a non-playable character. And that's something you'll interact with in the game. And they go up and ask them for stuff and they yeah, give you, you say, advice. I need a sword. Mm-hmm. I need some uh, healing. They potion. tell you to go do something yeah, and come some back later. Side quest. Like, man, I just wanted some like the entire eggs. Two seasons of The Mandalorian is basically one humongous yeah. side quest. And the NPC characters would call him Link, as they should. But then sometimes they would occasionally call him Ben, hmm. which made no sense. He then tries to do... This game sort of has a time aspect to it. You mm-hmm. have to accomplish things in a certain amount of time before that horrifying moon apparently crashes <laughs> into the planet. Oh, so there's apparently an exploit that you can do to save time in the game. And he tries to do this exploit in game, which glitches it. And it seemed to work. And, but then it threw him directly into a final boss fight where he encounters Skull Kid, which is another character in the game. He then starts getting prompts from the game to do things. The game itself starts affecting his feelings starting to make him feel a little depressed. Sounds like a Pokemon Lavender Town. Yeah. Well, it was made by Nintendo, so it's not a surprise. So it was Pokemon. So then the game starts doing even more weird things. The music changes. Sound effects would play that shouldn't be happening. Aspects of the game seem broken, and assets of the game were missing. So he decides to try to get a game over so that he can return to the main menu. Because when you exploit the game, it can lock up and just basically leave you in this never-ending loop that you're in. Mm-hmm. And one way you get out of that is by getting killed. So he decides to go drown Link in a pond. Mm. And when he does, the screen flashes to depict the happy mask salesman, which is another character in the game, who is smiling and laughing. The game continues and the song of healing begins to play in reverse. This is a Zelda song in the game. Mm. A statue of Link is summoned and its face stares at Jad Usable, but then follows him throughout the town. He tries to escape it, but nothing works. It's following him all through the game. The statue of Link is just following his character through the game. So he didn't die. No, 
Uh. He, he didn't. He then forces the camera, which you can adjust the camera angle in the game, to focus on the statue. Then all three of the characters, Link, the mask salesman, and the statue, all lock into place and stare through the screen at Chad Usable. Uh-uh. He continues to play the game for some reason because he feels like he can't stop. He feels like he wants to, but he can't. He logs all the weird happenings he begins to experience, and he gets more and more freaked out and tries to return the game when he finally gets away from it to the old man that (laughs) gave it to him. To no one's surprise, the house he returns to is completely empty. He's busy selling me a total gem. Sorry, kid. He moved on to a new neighborhood. Yeah. A neighbor, however, conveniently is there and has the scoop. He tells him that the old man moved away. And then he tells him that the cartridge is likely possessed by the spirit of its previous owner, a 12-year-old boy named Ben, who had drowned almost eight years before. Uh Uh-oh, and then he tried to drown him in the lake on the game? It's just all kinds of bad. uh. It's just all kinds of bad. So after this happens, he starts getting contacted outside of the game and inside the game Mm -hmm. by someone calling themselves Ben. Mm -hmm. In the end, it's found out that Ben, whoever he may be, was hijacking Jed Usable's computer and giving false accounts of the story to 4chan and YouTube and used it to escape from the cartridge and onto the internet. Declaring, now I am everywhere. Wow. So kind of like a Pandora's box, he let him out. It's almost like a fictional tale, isn't it? Mm. This sad story ends with a secret note from Jad Usable. And there's an epilogue from his roommate, Tyler, in the story that is told here, who gives the true story of events and also references some videos that were never published because Ben had supposedly deleted them. After publishing of that note, which is titled thetruth.rtf, Jed Usable is never seen again. Oh, no. This is the main story, and it goes on. But even though this is a fictional account, as all the creepypastas are, I've played enough video games in my time to have them do some weird things. And this story seems like something that would have totally creeped me out when I was a kid, even if I knew it wasn't (laughs) true. But it does seem like the kind of stuff me and my friends would make up to try to freak each other out. Yeah. But it does make me wonder, could video game cartridges be possessed by demons? I didn't used to think so, but after reading these stories, maybe. It's an entirely plausible possibility. If demons can't attach themselves to things, why not video games? Why not? They've attached themselves to weirder stuff. They have. This next story is called The Russian Sleep Experiment. Once again, could be a metal band. It could. This one reminds me of our Asylum episode where we talked about all the horrible experiments that were conducted on humans. When you said Russian sleep experiment, I just assumed there would be horrible experiments done on humans. Yes. This story takes place in the 1940s. Scientists in Russia are trying to develop a drug that will allow their soldiers to stay awake for long periods of time. The U.S. and Germany use good old-fashioned amphetamines. (laughs) They're good stuff. But Russia wants to outdo them and come up with something that will keep their soldiers awake for 30 days. Forever. Mm -hmm. They have themselves some POWs, so who better to experiment on? Can't argue with the logic. They choose five men for the experiment and promise them that if they complete the 30-day program, they will free them. Sounds like a good deal, right? Uh, da, comrade. The scientists have developed a gas that they think is a real winner. They flood the room containing the prisoners with the gas, and for the first three days, things are going great. They're all wide awake and feeling pretty wired. But by day four and five, they are starting to experience the effects of sleep deprivation And as the next few days go on, things just unravel quickly. So this is how they started the zombie apocalypse? Yes. In the 40s? Yes. Okay. The men start to go crazy. One man screams so much that he damages his vocal cords until all he can do is squeak. But that's not the worst of it. 
One by one, they start to tear out their own internal organs. And get this, they start to eat them. Wow, this seems like a totally weird, creepy, and completely How Russian kind of thing to do. tear out your own organs? Well, if it's horror shows that we watch or anything to go by, your it's own, barely an inconvenience. Your own organs, though? It's hardly even difficult, really. I mean, I saw somebody cut open somebody's rib cage with butter knife. So, I mean, really, come no. on. Mayhem ensues as the scientists try to save the men from, from themselves. themselves. They turn off the gas and try putting their organs back in and sewing so them the up. the gas has been going on for five days? Yeah. Maybe and that's the first problem. They overdosed them. Yeah. The men at this point are crazy addicted to the gas and beg for more. They no longer want their freedom. They just want more gas. And some more Gary's liver. That was good stuff right there, <laughs> I'm telling you. In the end, all five men die in one vile way or another, and the Russian scientists must go back to the drawing board. Guess they should have stuck with the good old amphetamines like the Americans. Just like God intended. Exactly. So, I like people really think this is real, and like you'll see like actual footage of the Russian sleep experiment and stuff like that and people and it's like a bunch of teenagers yeah. in like clearly fake costumes with like glued on beards and stuff it's just one of those things that people want to believe so it's like out there a lot i've never heard of it but it seems kind of plausible honestly conspiracy theories are always attractive to people mm-hmm. it's like forbidden knowledge yeah it's like pandora's box yeah. It's literally something that you want to know what's in there. Yeah. You've been told not to screw around with it, but yeah. you're going to open the box. You're going to see what's in the box. So this is going to bring us to a creepy doll because mm-hmm. why not? There's always a creepy doll involved. If there's not a haunted child, there's a creepy doll, and usually there's both. Mm-hmm. It's a package deal, really. This one is based on a real doll that still exists, and if you want to see it for yourself, then take a trip down to Fort East Martello Museum in Florida. But do so at your own risk. Robert the Doll was made in 1904 by the famous Stife Company. You know, the one that makes all those teddy bears. Yeah, they're pretty famous. I'll act like I knew that. You've never heard of a Stife bear? Why would I have heard of a Stife bear? It's like uber famous. They invented the teddy bear. Like, it's a German company. They were very famous for their bears. Were they sleep deprived? That was the Russians. That's true. They were at war with each other. Actually, I think at the time, Germany was Prussia. Oh, wow. now you're getting all historical on me <laughs> on a history podcast. Uh, I, I don't, don't fact check me on that. Yeah, I never do. <laughs> so, Robert the doll was 40 inches tall, almost the size of a small child. This is already going downhill quick. Mm-hmm. He was given to a four-year-old boy named Robert Eugene Otto, who named the doll after himself. You know what I wanted to say when I started reading that name? Had a guitarist in a band with me. And oh, yeah. Robbie Eugene. Gene. I'm not yeah. going to say the last name. <laughs> I, I, don't didn't even, I didn't even think of that. Robbie, if you're still listening to the podcast, just want you to know we're thinking about <laughs> you. It just happens to be in the context of a creepy haunted doll, apparently. But mm-hmm. <laughs> I think you could appreciate it. Robert loved his doll and treated it like a real friend. He dressed it in matching clothes, including a sailor outfit, which he wears to this day. Soon after receiving the doll, things start to go a little haywire in the auto home. Items start to turn up missing or broken. Robert's parents are upset by this and assume Robert, the child, because I have to clarify, not the doll. The parents aren't <laughs> accusing the doll of anything at this point. <laughs> but they say Robert is responsible for this. But Robert insists that it's really Robert, the doll, that's causing all the mischief. And obviously, that's what a kid's going to say, you know. One night, Robert's parents are awakened by loud noises and assume that there is a burglar in the house. They go to investigate, and when they enter Robert's room, they find the room in shambles and their young son huddled in the corner. He tells them that Robert the doll had done it. They don't really believe him, but what can they do? Get him some mental help, maybe? Possibly. While Robert is at school, he sits Robert the doll in the window upstairs and people begin to notice that the doll seems to follow them with his black glass eyes. Also, 
They will look up and see him sitting there only to look again a few seconds later and he's gone. Like elf on a shelf. Yeah. Except terrifying. (laughs) He is really terrifying looking. The parents often hear Robert in his room talking to someone and then they hear a second voice. When they open his door to look in on him, it's just him and the doll. One day, a plumber was working in the bathroom upstairs when he hears the sound of children, as in plural, playing. The problem is, nobody's home. He opens Robert's door and sees no one but... Robert the doll? You guessed it. It's like you had an idea where this story's going. I got it. These paranormal experiences continue until Robert grows up and goes to college. He travels to Paris, where he meets a young woman, falls in love, and gets married, and lives happily ever after. Oh, no, that's not what it says. When they return to the United States, Robert returns to his parents' home to get his best friend, Robert the Doll, to start his new life in his new home with his new wife with a doll. (laughs) For some reason. Yeah. I'm sure his wife was thrilled with this idea. He makes a nice little room in the attic for Robert, complete with his own toys and furnishings. How did this woman not vet this guy before she married him? Uh, Well, he didn't go get the doll until they got back. Surely this isn't the first time he's displayed tendencies of, hey, maybe he's crazy. I don't know. He spends time visiting with his old friend, much to the dismay of his new wife. She is creeped out by the doll and insists that the door to the attic be locked at all times when Robert is not visiting Robert. Because let's make it more confusing. (laughs) It seems Robert the doll is not happy with this arrangement, much like our dogs are with the open door policy. Yes, they require the door to be open at all times. Even if they're not outside, yeah, they, they just, just want they the need access the and they want to air condition the entire world. Mm-hmm. Robert the doll is not happy with his current arrangement and would frequently appear in different places in the home, including at the foot of the bed. Sometimes. Holding a knife? Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course he's at the foot of the bed. That's pretty much an ongoing theme in these Yeah, times. it is. Visitors would often complain that objects would move seemingly on their own. And once again, neighbors claim to see the doll in the window one minute and gone the next. Robert Otto died in 1974, and the doll was left to a woman who later purchased his home. Her name was Myrtle Ruder. She knew the doll was haunted, and in 1994, she donated Robert the doll to the Fort East Martello Museum, where he resides to this day. Museum staff often report that he moves from his locked cabinet and appears in different areas of the museum, which begs the question, why are they still working there? I don't know. He is sometimes heard knocking on his glass case. Do not try to take pictures of him without asking permission. He does not appreciate this. Many people say their cameras stop working when they try to take his picture. Others claim that after encountering Robert the doll, they have had bad things happen to them, such as car wrecks, broken bones, divorces, job loss, etc. I think all those things could be attributed to drinking. They could be, very (laughs) easily, very easily. Just as easily as a doll. But the doll takes the responsibility off Mm -hmm. of their shoulders, so... People often write letters to Robert the Doll asking for his forgiveness for taking his photo without permission. It's said that he receives, on average, three letters a day. For real. This is Why true. Why don't they send him the electronic mail with I don't the know. smile I guess he don't have a computer. JPEG. Yeah, that would solve a problem. It turns out maybe then they could, like, it'd be like that Freddie and Jason movie where they fight each other. And then you could have the smiling dog fighting Robert the Doll, and it would just be like a blockbuster, and we could review it in our What We're Watching segment. Yes. I want you on this script right now. Okay, I got it. So if you find yourself in Key West, Florida, and want to get cursed by a creepy doll, because why not mm-hmm. stop in to the Fort East Martello Museum and take a selfie with Robert the Doll. Make sure to tell list. him large marks. <laughs> so that's going to bring us to the portion of our episode where we... Insert graphic here. You're getting really good at this. Sam. What, what we're, we're watching. watching. Tell us about it, Crystal. I think you're doing really good taking <laughs> these segments. So we watched the 2016 sci-fi original horror anthology called Channel Zero. That's a lot of words. It is. 
It's season one and it's called Candle Cove. We chose this one because it's actually based on a creepy pasta story called Candle Cove. Mm, creepy how that works out, right? Yeah, like we watched this before we knew, or before I knew that creepy pasta was. I knew creepy pasta. Yeah, was but did you know Candle Cove was a creepy pasta? Yes, I did. So you knew the story before we watched it. They uh, took their own twist on it. Mm. Well, I don't want to tell the whole story because I think people should watch the show. It's six episodes long, and basically, it's the story of a child psychologist named Mike who returns to his childhood hometown. When he was a boy, his twin brother disappeared and several other children were murdered. All the murders seemed to be connected to a TV show that they had watched as children called Candle Cove. It, but it turns out Candle Cove, which featured creepy pirate puppets, wasn't a real show at all. And all the town's children had just been watching Static. This is a creepy pasta that has a bunch of different versions. Mm-hmm. And it's usually, they start off the story by saying something like, do you remember this old TV show? Yeah. And you're like, you know, you know how you'll think of something you thought you watched when you were a kid, mm-hmm. but nobody seems nobody to remember remembers it. it. Yeah. That's sort of where they got the idea yeah. of this, this story. So when Mike returns to the town, bizarre things start happening. What does Candle Cove have to do with what's going on now, as well as the murders from years ago? You got to watch it to find out. And it's worth the watch. It is. And so. this is not as graphically gruesome. Oh, as no, 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 no. So, this was sci-fi. So yeah, so it's a lot tamer. Yeah. So your stomach will be able to handle yeah. it. So what's your rating, Brett? You're going to give me the official. Arbitrarily chosen scale of 1 to 12 dog treats. Okay. You're, you're doing a lot better. You didn't I give me the chance. Even, okay. Let's, uh, I'm going to give you the opportunity to do this every week. So, and Brett. If you have a professional showing, I might consider upping your pay. Oh, I'll my pay. An extra 100% on top of what I'm already uh, how paying. How about more coffee? I'll take, I'll settle for well, more we coffee. We got to hope for our viewers to take okay. care of that situation. <laughs> I, I didn't actually mean I was going to monetarily compensate you. Okay. This podcast has tens of listeners. Come on. Tens. <laughs> That's not true. We've had thousands of listeners. We've mm-hmm. had so many listeners. I can't even believe it. And I appreciate every single one of you, including the people that are keeping us in the top 100 in Bolivia. They're keeping us strong here, Crystal. Uh, yeah, let's go. But back to the TV show review. I'm going to give this particular show a rating of nine dog treats out of a possible 12. I love the creepypasta story this is based off of because it's just such a unique and interesting story. And the twists that they take on this story as it goes on and you find out what's really happening and how they resolve it, I thought was a really well done story. Some of the other episodes of this particular TV show, this series, I didn't like as much, but this one was probably my favorite out of all yeah. of them. And they had some good stories on this particular show. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it's an anthology, so mm-hmm. it's a bunch of different things. I think you should watch it. I think it's very interesting, and I'm giving it 9 out of 12. Thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. Are you going to ask me? Oh, I have to ask you? I thought you asked yourself. Oh, Okay, well, Crystal. then I'll ask you. Let me teach you how to do this. You're going to ask myself? So, Crystal, we've watched this TV show, correct? We have. You've seen it. I've seen it. And you want to share with me a rating that is based upon an arbitrarily chosen scale of 1 to 12 dog treats. Now, you have the option of choosing 1 or 12 or any number in between. Please can share it be with us a fraction. It can be anything you want, but it will make it very hard on me to create the graphic. Well, that's what I'm about, making your life harder. Well, you know, somebody's got to do it. Okay, I'll give it an even number. And I'm going to go a little bit higher than yours. I'm going to go with a 10. You're such a poser. I know. I really like the story and I didn't know it was creepypasta when we watched it. And then I found out it was creepypasta, which made it even cooler. I love the idea of a haunted kids show where people are just sitting there staring. I know, but I don't want to interact with them. But but I like the idea. Well, they're adults now. They're not children. Yeah, no one just didn't like them when they were <laughs> They were cute when they were little. Yeah, they were. But I like the static on the TV and the kids and they're watching kind of poltergeisty kind of thing. Which is a show I've still never seen. Hmm. Well, we should watch that. But yeah, I really liked it and I think you should watch it. And I'll give it a 10. Awesome. 
thank you for thanking me to thank you for giving us that amazing And if rating. you like season one, I recommend season two, where it's also based on the creepypasta story called The No End House. I like that one too. Yeah, which we haven't covered in this episode, but we probably will in a future episode of more creepypastas because yeah. there's so many good ones. Yeah, it's great stories. Mm-hmm. So that's going to bring us to the portion of our episode, which we like to call... Layla and Coffee Coffee Talk. Still no jingle. I'm sorry. Working on it. You are not working on it. You have not even made the first attempt. And I know you haven't. You didn't even think about it until right this second. Uh, I'm not actually not even thinking about it right now. You brought it up. I I just wanted to preempt you. you Oh, okay. You've already stolen I've forgotten about the jingle, honestly. You stole my thunder, really. (laughs) So what's been going on with the dogs this week? Well, it's come to my attention that the girls are a little chunky. It's a little bit thick. Yeah. I saw a picture of Coffee from a year ago. She put on a little bit of weight. She's a little bit thick. And Layla, she pushing 100 pounds She's easy. She's a lot of bit thick. Yeah. So we decided, or I decided, to put them I on. I fully it. support this decision. <laughs> I've decided to make them food, homemade food. So would it be appropriate to say that this message was approved by the Brett Lay Foundation? It would be. You were all for me doing the research, ordering the groceries, cooking the food. I could be a packaging it up for the week. Yeah. Explaining explaining how much to feed them. I get to be the hand that they see. So I get to be the You really enjoy it though. You really do enjoy giving them Yeah, you like giving them the food too. Like I can tell you're excited about it. Because they're excited about it. I'm excited. We're all excited. Yeah, Yeah, it's like a treat for you too. Enjoy it. So yeah, I've decided to what is it called? It doesn't have a name, but it has purple rice in it, which you're a real, I just real big call fan it purple of. Purple rice. Yeah. I thought that's what the dish was called. No, Apparently it's got that's some purple thing. rice. It's got some mixed vegetables and some ground turkey. With fat left in mm-hmm. because they need their chunks of fat. Yeah. So basically, they're supposed to be like a certain portion of each of those categories yeah. for a healthy weight and a healthy life. So, and Layla is about to turn. Six years old. Yeah, so we're trying to get her diet under control yeah, she's because we got want a, her to be around for a long time. She's got a birthday coming up, so we'll have to do some little special thing for her. Special, and also we'll keep tabs with you on their weight, and hopefully they'll be losing weight. I'm yeah, thinking we've been taking them on a lot we've more. Been, yeah. I can't say it. I'll put the word on the screen because they're outside the door. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, we had to do that before we recorded tonight because I needed to walk up to the. Oops, I said the word. Bleep it out. I had. To, we had to W-A-L-K up to the mailbox to get the mail and uh, leave the junk mail up there. Yeah. And so uh, I said to Brett, do you want to W-A-L-K to the mailbox? And from a mile away, they heard just that one word in my statement and come running down there. And like they look at you all expectantly and you can't tell them no. You can't. You can't argue with that face. We got to get a picture of the Layla face. Mm-hmm. It, it, it will pierce your soul. Yeah, it just it looks it into right it. into your soul. So we took them out and now they're exhausted for the rest of the night, which is our goal. Good girls. They're so good. All right. So if you want to find us online, you can do so at scarysavannahandbeyond.com. You can find us on all social media if you look for the username at scarysavannah. We're also on YouTube. Just go on there and search for Scary Savannah. You can find all kinds of exclusive episodes and content if you go and join our Patreon. And you can do that at patreon.com forward slash Scary Savannah or go to our web browser page and click on the link that says Patreon and there'll be a big yellow button that'll usher you right (laughs) into the fold. And you can do that that way. We have a monthly merchandise giveaway that we'd like for you to enter into. Just go to our webpage, click on the giveaways tab, enter a little bit of information, and we'll enter you into a drawing that will have a very exciting Will O Winners event oh, in you the first episode of our of the month. And you can have the opportunity to win some cool stuff. I'm going to actually buy something before we get to Vegas because I want another scary Savannah shirt to wear to represent Warren in Vegas when I'm winning all that money. Okay. We need to take some business cards and hand them out. I'm going to print some new ones. Mm -hmm. Also, please go leave us a five-star review and we'll read it on the air. We love to hear from the people that love this show and it makes us feel really good. Helps encourage us to continue to create because you would not believe the amount of time. I'm not even talking about money. I'm talking about the amount of time that goes into creating something like this. Yeah, he don't want to talk about the money we put in it. Yeah, I really don't (laughs) because I've actually just spent some, but... 
Uh, oh, yeah? We, we got some field stuff. Those mics I talked oh, about, yeah. we got it. So hopefully we're going to be bringing you a lot more. A new tripod. Field content. Well, you have to have one. A new backpack to fit everything in. All my gear. Got to keep it together, you know. Even though you had a scary Savannah and Beyond backpack. But it didn't have pockets, didn't have padding, it didn't have a tripod holster. It didn't have all the things I needed for my gear. This stuff, you got to be professional. I mean, come on. You just don't go on the field with a regular zip-up backpack. Okay. But if you do go leave us a five-star review, let us know. Send us a message through our webpage on the contact form. Tell us you did it and give us your mailing information. And I'll have some people send you free stickers. And they're good stickers, too. You can see them on the back of our monitors. I don't know if you can see it in this angle or not, but trust me, they're there. We'll send them to you. One last thing. Please help my co-host get her caffeination. You can go to our website and click on the little icon on the bottom left-hand side of your browser and buy her as many coffees as your heart desires. It does help to support our podcast financially and also gets her coffee. And she just loves coffee. So, you know, it's a good thing. Everybody wins in the end. I really do drink it like at like 16 hours a day. All day long. Although she will drink sometimes one mug of coffee throughout the course of a 16 hour day. So... But that's in combination days, with like two but, Red Bulls and iced yeah. coffee. On the days you make me breakfast, that's what I do. And uh, I someday will be good at that. <laughs> You're learning. Yeah, I try. You do try. So it's the time of the episode where I like to hear you say those words. How many little words? I don't know. I haven't counted them before. You don't even know. You're sitting there counting them right now, aren't you? No, I, was, I thought you were going to say... You like to hear those four little words, but you're going to say the amount of words that were in the sentence. Oh, let's see. That's uh, a lot. Join us next time in Savannah, where the ghosts and the good times live on. Fifteen? <laughs> those fifteen little words? I'd like to hear those fifteen little words. Join us next time in Savannah, where the ghosts and the good times live on. But you know who don't? Hopefully Robert the doll. Oh, that would be so freaky if he did. You know, they just gonna he's gonna be at a bar. We're gonna see him at a bar. Yeah, like someone probably went to the museum and got him out and brought him with them. Because like, hey, we know people that go to Key West all the hey, time. So they just let's take a selfie. Yeah. <laughs> Selfies for everyone. Yeah, we'll see you at the bar. <laughs>